welcome to But Is It? The podcast where we have thoughts, we have opinions, and we have questions. I'm Tracy. And I'm Beth. Today we are taking our conversation on pop media to the stage to consider the musical sensation Six and ask ourselves, is it truly as feminist as we believe it to be? We know not everyone has the access or the interest in musical theater, but Tracy and I recently had the opportunity to see the national tour of Six down in Orange County. A show done in the style of a pop concert starring the six wives of Henry VIII as they reclaim their stories to perform a Histo remix. So Six was created in the summer of 2017 and performed by the Cambridge University Musical Theatre Society at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It was written by Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss, and it stars the six wives of Henry VIII as a pop girl group, which is amazing. Um, and it the idea is uh, it's from the Tudor queens to pop icons. The six wives of Henry VIII take the microphone to remix 500 years of historical heartbreak into a euphoric celebration of 21st century girl power. This new original musical is the global sensation that everyone will be losing their head over. <laughs> so you can see it at the Lena Horn Theater in New York City. Tickets are available through January 24th. Um, we'll put all these website links in our show notes. So if you want to get tickets to the show, you can get it there. Um, it's at the Vaudeville Theater in London, and tickets are available through April 2024. And the U.S. tour has dates scheduled through May 2024 as well. Perfect. So I have been waiting to see this musical. I heard about it a while back. Um, A a different friend of mine and I had started um, a podcast and where we just kind of chit-chatted about random topics. And one of the things that we talked about was musical theater. And the musicals that we discussed were kind of tired. We talked a lot about Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, which are all great, you know, stage productions. Mm-hmm. But um, another friend of ours who lives in Seattle kind of pointed out, like, hey, you guys really need to, like, see some of these new musicals that are out. And so he created um, a playlist for us of songs from Six, Come From Away, Hades Town, all of these really new, fantastic musicals. And so that was the first experience I ever had with Six. And it was the song Get Down, which is sung by Anna of Cleves. And it's my favorite show from, my favorite song from the production. Um, so I've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and it finally came down uh, here to Orange County. And so I was able to go see it just last week with Tracy, and it was incredible. <laughs> and I have been seeing the posters, like, up and down Sunset Boulevard and wherever. Um, and, like, honestly, that was enough to make me want to see the show. <laughs> like, I was like, I think this is probably about Henry VIII or something, but this is what I want to see. <laughs> like, based on their costumes, which are just, like, sparkle fabulousness. Um and so, yeah, then when you, Beth, got your season tickets and you mm-hmm. were like, oh, I have these tickets. And I was like, I want to go. And so I just bought a ticket. Yeah. And luckily the seats next to you were open. <laughs> it was perfect. Um, so the question that we're going to be looking at is Six is viewed as this feminist reimagining of history. But is it a superficial feminism? Um, yes. So just to share a little bit about the story um, the way the stage production goes, it's done in the style of a concert, but, you know, they have this really great, fantastic opening number. And then, you know, the six wives start talking amongst themselves about, you know, who's kind of the leader, who's had the most tragic backstory with Henry and, um, who's going to emerge the winner. And so they decide they're going to have a little competition with the audience and they're each going to be able to sing their song, tell their story. And then at the end, we'll all decide, you know, who is the, the queen of Queens. 
um, and the leader of their group. Um, do we want to say the end too? Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert. It, at the end of it, they all kind of come together and determine and decide yeah. that. So this is it, the the thing that I think got me the most. Just like I guess jumping in to the end um, <laughs> was the whole time I was like, I have this like I don't understand why it's a con like I have a problem with the nature with like the premise that this is a contest at all mm-hmm. because that inherently pits us against each other and like why are we having a contest and then like right up at the at the sixth wife mm-hmm. you know we get to this moment and she's like I don't want to do this and she's like why are we competing against each other and I was like oh finally someone's calling it out mm-hmm. and you know the other wives start giving her a hard time and they're like oh you just don't want to go you think you're better than all of us and then finally it comes back around like the the joke comes around and it's like oh, it's like, it's like we would have planned it this way, you know? And it's just like this like little like yuck, yuck moment of just like, haha, we know. We got you. We were in on the joke the whole time. And I love like that. I don't know that just like poking the hole in the idea that just like women are always competing against each other, you know? And I think some of the criticism that we've read about this really kind of, or not criticism, but just some of like the reviews that we've read, Mm -hmm. you know, I think kind of miss the joke. Yes. In it, in the, I mean, I think some of them kind of miss the whole joke, but you know, even some of the good reviews are like, yeah. oh, they're competing with each other. And then all of a sudden they like decide not to. And it's like, no, they knew the whole time. Yeah. Um, they miss the satire of the show. Yeah. And that is on its whole, what the show is about. It's about satire to kind of poke fun at women competing with each other, comparing mm-hmm. themselves and telling their story based on the man. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I think missing, ev- like, just that moment misses the whole show. Like, yes. you miss the, the, you miss what makes the show so feminist. Yeah. So that it, that to, like, it, to miss it means that you think it's, like, kind of feminist. Yeah. But maybe not quite. Like, oh, it's feminist, but, like, oh, it's really strong and powerful. Yeah. You know, it's really fun and peppy and, like, girl power, but kind of, you know, Spice mm-hmm. Girls feminist. It's kind of like the same thing, you know, we, we talked about Bring It On in our first episode, yeah. and it's kind of that same idea. Like, if you miss, like, the soul of this being satire, mm-hmm. you miss, like, what truly makes it feminist. And you miss it's the like, message. Exactly. It's like, Bring It On isn't a bunch about, about a bunch of vapid cheerleaders. It's a, it's this really, like, strongly feminist girl power message you know just like six isn't this like floofy little like kind of quasi girl power you know it it truly is yeah well and it's they're both of them are you know movies and shows who that center a female story Mm -hmm. and they kind of make fun and poke fun and acknowledge the patriarchy and the you know the masculine person in the room yeah. without it being about that exactly and then it becomes and they're they're poking fun of it they're making fun of it it becomes the yes. joke it's like yes we we all have this one man in common but and yes a lot of what we're talking about relates to him but it is a re- a reclamation of like this is our story yeah in our words yes but in today's language <laughs> yes yeah. But yeah so. Yeah, so the whole story, the whole show itself really started out purposefully being that way. And when yes. you listen to, like, so the writers, Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss, um, obviously she's female. He is... Yeah, not obviously. Well, uh, <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. Not obviously, but um, she is female. She is, yes. 
And he is non-binary. He does go by he, him pronouns, according mm-hmm. to what I saw on the internet. Um, uh, but is non-binary and seems, from images and photographs that I saw, seems very fluid in his presentation. Right. Um, and so it really is female-centered from the ground up. And then mm-hmm. when you look at the stage productions, if you, you know, Google it, I really encourage you to go look to see all of the casting choices across the board. Mm-hmm. Basically, it started in the UK. There's been, been the Broadway tour. There's been multiple national tours. There's one in Holland. There's been one in Australia. I mm-hmm. believe those are ended, but I might be wrong. Um, it, the casting is just all across the board. And directly even to the four musicians that are on stage to perform the backup music are always female or non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, like, it really celebrates different kinds of femininity. There's, it's size inclusive. Yes. It's race inclusive. It's, I mean, Toby Marlowe himself has stepped into some of the roles in, the, in like, some productions here and there. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's just from the ground up. It's a very, like, female-centered production. Yeah. I loved the size inclusivity, you know, like the, the racial inclusivity is great. And then, but then also to add that of like the body inclusivity, Mm -hmm. because I think we, we miss that a lot. I mean, because it's still, it's still socially acceptable to be fat phobic somewhat. And I mean, not even somewhat like completely, it's still so completely socially acceptable to be fat phobic and, and disguise like these phobias in the concern of health right and so then to see just a bunch of different bodies Mm -hmm. all up there singing and dancing and like doing doing stuff that takes like real like work and effort and challenge you know like just to see that like oh it this is fine this is what people look like yeah you know well and it's inclusive without it being about the diversity and inclusiveness. Exactly. It's just, it's the story of the, of the six wives. Yes. Race is never mentioned. Size is never mentioned. Yes. None of that is the topic. I was just to say, there's like they no just, fat jokes. They like, just exist. Yeah. Like, they should. Exactly. Um, and one of, in particularly in musical theater and in Broadway, that's not usually the case. Typically, no. whoever originates the role, that becomes the look. Yes. And everybody mimics it. And it tends to be, especially female leads, they tend to be very beautiful, thin. Yeah. Typically, you know, and that's, I see it changing. I see it changing in a lot of different stories. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you see it, like I hear it on Broadway, like the first, you know, uh, like Asian performer to perform Christine Daae. Mm -hmm. And that's really incredible to see. And the first, you know, black woman to portray, uh, I don't know. I can't think of another show off the top of my head right now, (laughs) but I know it's happened. Exactly. And I think, you know, to not make it this like sort of token thing to just like act like it doesn't matter yes you know and um and I think that kind of just speaks again to how like I don't know just like the feminism of the show overall is that like you don't have to also then be this specific kind of woman exactly to be able to play well and even like the inspiration behind the show and some of the female pop stars that did inspire you know the different performances because it is it's modern music it's modern pop yeah. Um, and so it's very um, reminiscent of performers like Beyonce, like mm-hmm. um, Ariana Grande, uh, Alicia Keys. Yeah. Um, Nicki Minaj, I think, is one of them. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then also like Adele and, mm-hmm. you know, and there is definitely some Britney inspiration, you know, but I think, I think just where the, the root of it all is like intentional. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the thing that, that I really liked the most yeah. about the show is that everything felt intentional. Well, I don't want to say that's the thing I like the most because I liked everything the most about the show. Right. But like that was <laughs> that was 
that I loved that everything was intentional. Yes. That well, all and- of this inclusivity was intentional and that we never talked about it. Yes. Like it never had to like pat itself on the back. Yeah. Well, and if you listen to there, I read up a lot on some articles and most of it focused on things that Lucy Moss had written about creating it. Um, Mm -hmm. And and she said exactly that. All of the things like they planned for all of that. They very intentionally wanted to develop the characters in this way. They wanted to reference, you know, these performers in a certain way. And it, it's nice. It was nice to see it all come to fruit. I mean, and they like her and Toby, um, Toby Marlowe, created this as a it was a, a school project essentially yeah they were at Cambridge and they you know needed to do this project and they ended up getting a slot at this Edinburgh fringe thing and they're like oh I, we'll just do, we'll do this it'll be great and that'll be it we'll finish our degree or whatever they yeah. call it over there um yeah. do they call it a degree over there I think so finish their <laughs> schooling um yeah and that would be it and then it obviously became like this huge sensation right I love I, that's what one of the things that I loved in um in some of the articles that we were reading was mm-hmm. just like, that they were like, yeah, we thought we'd put this up at the, at the festival and then graduate and go on with our lives. Like we didn't expect it to be this like international sensation. <laughs> just kidding. They have now gone on to get a Tony yes. award. Yes. And Toby Marlowe was the first non-binary um, yes. composer lyricist to win in that category or to win a Tony or in that category. One of the two. Just this year. Yeah. Just this month. Yeah. Um, well, this month as, as of recording. Yes. <laughs> um and it's really incredible yeah I know it's it's just wild to think about where we've come from and yeah where we're going yes and these are like these are the young people in this kind of movement and they're is it weird to be like young people and we're not talking about ourselves it is (laughs) (laughs) but these are like the students coming out that are creating these things and moving these conversations this is art now you know like that's just it's yeah, exciting. It's exciting that this, these are the things that we're getting. And I mean, look, I did my undergrad in not only history, but European history, yeah. particularly in like the period of history from like the Reformation on. So, and so, so Beth's about to get real nerdy, y'all. <laughs> so the, the whole story, like Henry VIII, like obviously I know that because this was a huge part of history where obviously England then broke from the Catholic Church and become the Church of England, completely changed, you know, the course of history for England. Mm-hmm. And so it was a huge deal. And like, so, I mean, I know all about, you know, the six wives. And so for me, you know, history wise, this was a really interesting story to see told on stage and the way they kind of reclaimed it. Because obviously everything I read in history, it was all based on the patriarchy. It was mm-hmm. based on, you know, it's all the kings and yeah. their work. And like, yeah, sure, we have like Elizabeth I and that was an interesting story. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have like, you know, Catherine the Great. And there were mm-hmm. there's lots of feminine stories that exist, but they all exist within the realm of this like men's world. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to me to see like these, you know, women take the stage and it's, it was a fun show. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of the critics, they call it superficial, they call it shallow, but they're missing the point that feminism can be joyful and can be fun and they can play with it and they can make fun of it. I mean, they were making jokes about Mm -hmm. being, being beheaded. Yeah. I mean, Catherine Howard's song was a little hard to get through oh, sometimes God. because, you know, talking about her being 13 and entering into these sexual relationships with these men yeah. and really how abused that, you know, she was as a person and yeah. as a young person, it's hard to hear. But, you know, I would, I won't say they were making fun of it, but they, 
they still turn it into a joyful story in the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain. Well, I think it kind of goes with this idea of um, pleasure activism and this movement of like taking, not necessarily taking joy in like your struggles, right? But Mm -hmm. like just experiencing joy, experiencing pleasure, experiencing good things in your life in its own, like on its own is resistance. Like it's, it, pleasure for the sake of it in itself is activism. Yes. It is resistance. And and I think that that is something that this show, whether intentionally or not, really captures is like in a way that like, I don't think it makes light of the tragedies that happen to these no. women. You know what I mean? I don't think it does. I think it's just a joyful way of expressing them, but it, I don't, I don't think it ever makes fun of the women. No. And that I think is something that, that some of the critics that miss. we read really miss mm-hmm. that they're never making fun of themselves. They are joking with each other. They are teasing mm-hmm. each other, but they are never like, I don't feel like they're ever making fun of each other either. No. Like they're giving each other a hard time in this like competitive way because like the basis of the show is like, oh, we're in this competition, mm-hmm. air quotes, but it's never this like degrading, dehumanizing, demoralizing, undignified way of talking about Absolutely. women. Well, and for me, I kind of saw it like, and I don't want to harp on Catherine's story, Catherine Howard's story too much because mm-hmm. there's three Catherines, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, is, yes, it acknowledged all of that and talked about that, but then when you really listen to the song, and I really encourage you to listen to her song and listen to the lyrics, is like you hear like where, you know, she's young and she's kind of like enjoying it mm-hmm. or seems to be enjoying it, but then the more she gets through, then she sees and recognizes how mm-hmm. much these are like, this is a pattern of male behavior yeah. that she's had to put up with. Yes. And that now she can be, you know, a strong woman in spite of everything, not yeah. because of it or not, you know, yeah. she can acknowledge it and do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like with things like this and with all of them, like mm-hmm. we talk about like Jane Seymour's story, you know, she died, you know, shortly after the birth of her son and yeah. how she never got to see him grow up and how tragic that was. Mm-hmm. And it's like acknowledging that, but in spite of that, yeah. she can still have a strong story. Yeah. I I will say, like, I was probably the more average slash typical viewer of the show of, uh-huh. like, I, like, I only knew Anne Boland's name for sure. Right. And then I knew there was, like, a Catherine somewhere in there. <laughs> probably because there were three. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, and I knew, like, he had six wives. I thought he beheaded them all because, like, you know, I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know anything. But, um... I kind of forgot where I was going with this, but just like definitely as like the more typical viewer, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really easy way and easily digestible way Mm -hmm. and a fun way to like learn about this side of history. And maybe not everything is perfectly historically accurate, (laughs) but I think it it made me want to learn more. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's like the beauty of it. You know, it's like, it's like part of, Part of the beauty, like Harry Potter, great, whatever, hugely successful, obviously. <laughs> but like, but the, the, I, for me, like the real beauty behind it was that kids started reading books again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it set off this whole wave of an entire generation of now adults mm-hmm. reading yeah. in a way that really hadn't happened in a long time. So, you know, I think that's what it, that's what six was for me. Like for you, it's like a totally different thing. It's like this whole story that you knew Mm -hmm. turned on its head in this in this whole other way and like you know a whole new perspective and for me it was like I don't know anything about any of these people and I should you know (laughs) 
And, um, and I really liked that. And I really loved the moment, spoiler alert, I really loved in the moment of uh, the moment in the show when they were like, you know, what's he known for? Is he known for like his, his wars or his whatever? No, he's known for having six wives. Yep. Like we made him famous. Yeah. And I loved that too of like, just, it totally, it just kind of like was the button on the reclamation of their stories for me. Yeah. They're, he's only famous because of them. Yeah. And truly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, he broke for the church and all that, but really. So he could have another wife. That's <laughs> Anne Boleyn's story more than his yes. in my mind. And it's, yes. it's Catherine of Aragon's story more yes. than that. Is this like this, he, there's Catherine of Aragon and there's Anne Boleyn who are just these two like foils of each other of like this like strong Catholic coming from Spain mm-hmm. background. And then there's Anne Boleyn who came from the French court. Yes. You know, she's totally Protestant. Wow, French like, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and so like it was them and they're because of them that all of this stuff happened. If yeah. the, if neither of them had been in the picture and, you know, maybe King Henry had married, you know, Jane Seymour, who was his third wife first. Yeah. The Reformation this... never would have happened in no. England. It might no. have, but in under completely different circumstances. Exactly. He's completely irrelevant to the Reformation when you think about it. Yeah. Except for the fact that he made married these women. Because, like, let's be real, another king would have come along and wanted to get divorced. Probably. Because... Some wife couldn't bear Or the Pope would have said no to something. To something. To something else. It could have been anything. It could have been something completely different. Yeah. I mean, really, at the end of the day, the Reformation happened because a man wants what a man wants. If you could see the look on my face right now. It's pretty sour. (laughs) It's pretty blistering. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Yeah. They made it happen. Yeah. Anyway. Freaking love history. Girl power. Go Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah, I I think for me, this really truly was exceptionally feminist in a mm-hmm. way of like, that it's almost like too feminist to where people don't get that it's feminist. Right. Like not too feminist, but you know what I'm trying like, to say. Like it kind of went over your head, didn't it? it yeah, <laughs> like I just want to be like, oh, bless. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I loved every bit of it. I loved that it was you know, these, these women's stories from their perspective, you know, I love like the front of the scene stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the stuff that the audience sees that it's these women taking back their stories. I loved the costumes that they were these like hyper modern, realistic, like mm-hmm. super sparkly outfits. Almost I, techno. Su- right? Like super techno. I like, I would expect to see all of those outfits at a rave. Mm-hmm. And then I also loved that they used completely modern language. I love that they talked the way a bunch of 20-something-year-old women would talk now. It's totes, God will. Which is so crazy to think that they were all, like, in their 20s. Because <laughs> I also just think of historical people as being old. Yes. But realistically, like, I am now older than most of them ever lived to be. Oh, yeah. It's weird. But, so I loved all of that. And I loved that it was all, like, bright and happy. And that there was only, like, one real, like, slow heart. Breaking, well, gut wrenching song. You have to have a ballad. You have to have a ballad in there, and I love that there was just one. Yeah, you know, because her story is also so sad. It is. <laughs> I mean, all their stories are sad, like yeah. except for um, uh, Anna of Cleves. Yes. No, her story is rad, and yeah. she's amazing. <laughs> exactly. And then the uh, and um, the last one. You know what I mean? Surviving. Yes. And, you know, but everyone else's stories are pretty sad. Yeah. 
Well, I think this goes back to like, I, I, I agree. I think it's completely feminist and I think people who don't believe it miss the point. Yeah. And I think it's because we have this image that feminism and the feminist movement has to be this serious, dour, buttoned up, modest um, mm-hmm. conversation and it has to be a struggle. And it, it can't be to fun. Be, right. And this is fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's, you know, free. It's, yeah. you know... And I mean, listen, we're not trying to say that feminism isn't raging against some really terrible stuff. Absolutely. And things that are absolutely not fun. And that, and we're not trying to say that all, all feminist activism has to be fun or should be fun, right? There's a time and a place for everything. But some of it should be. But some of it has to be. Otherwise, what are we doing? Right. And that's something that I was like reading about or watching. I don't know. Who knows? But it's like if we don't have joy and fun and like good then what are we fighting for? If like right. our I- entire identity is rooted in struggle, then what are we fighting for? And it's kind of, I, I think I think we'll get into this in future episodes too. Like that's kind of some of the conversation around like, around black stories now mm-hmm. is like, I mean, not being black, I can't really speak for anybody else, but th- it's this idea that, you know, why do all black stories in film, TV, whatever, have to be related to struggle? Like, why is racism always the enemy? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it, can't, we, can't we just have something else can we be not, the story? Can we not have joyful black stories? Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's the same for, for feminist female stories. Like, mm-hmm. right? Like, can we not just have joyful stories? Can yeah. we not have th- something that's just fun and also feminist? Yes. Like, yeah. I agree. So. Okay. So I think... Yes. I mean, in conclusion, yes, it's feminist. And if you don't think so, then, well, you're not as smart as we are. <laughs> okay, that's not really what we mean, but that's jokingly what we mean. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Don't lose your head. <laughs> Go see the show if you don't right. get the joke. So thank you for joining us as we answer the question, Six is viewed as a feminist reimagining of history, but is it a superficial feminism? We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on social media, we're at But Is It Pod on t- Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You can tell us what you think and stay updated with what we've got going on. You can find links and additional information in our show notes. Yes. Uh, and if you like what we're doing and want to see more, consider supporting us on Patreon. It helps us keep the podcast going. Uh, please subscribe, leave us a review. It really helps. Uh, thanks again. And don't forget to always have thoughts, have opinions, and have questions. And have fun. At the time of recording this episode, The Writers Guild of America and SAG-AFTRA, the Writers and Actors Unions, are currently on strike. We wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that we support the strike and encourage you to consider viewing content in ways that align with these efforts. If you are interested in helping support the artists and labor workers that are currently on strike, you can donate to the Entertainment Community Fund and we will put links in the show notes. But Is It Podcast is produced by Tracy Muller and Beth Hofeld. The artwork is by Anna Apperson. And music by Devin Wall. Thank you.